Hello, Omniverse. I am Joe Bear. I'm Zach. And I'm Diego. And this is Behind the Beard. Or lack thereof. And welcome to this week's episode, where we hope that each conversation helps spark an idea, a thought, or help your journey to be a better you, as we are trying to do the same every week. And today, we're completing our series about communication. While the series is completing, communication never stops. And in fact, in today's business world, it's so fast paced, effective communication is more important than ever. And this is especially true when it comes to communicating upwards with executives. In this episode, we'll explore the challenges of communicating with executive leaders and offer tips and strategies for overcoming those challenges. We'll also discuss the role of communication in driving success outcomes for organizations, small and large. Uh, join us as we delve into the world of communication with executive leaders. But before we get there, I think there's just uh, topics that are currently trending or maybe some hot takes that are out there. I know one thing that I was like, like scrolling on TikTok aimlessly. I, you know, I do it. It's, I do it. It's me. I Too many hours. I'm not going to share how many hours in a week I may spend there. But um, hour of communication this week, there was um, a taco shop where the daughter posted a video that was getting no business and she's just like this is what happens every day my mom just waits for a customer to come in like i just want i wish i could give her that for christmas or something along those lines and within days the video went viral over 38 million views six million likes almost seventy thousand comments and from no business to um well you're we'll be ready for you in a couple of hours or two to three hours people driving five to ten hours just to show up for this woman in her shop so and that just that's like one of those feel good like they're still good in this world and it was a 10 second video that boom all of this happened so. it's the power of communication it's the the power of a simple and effective message itself, right? You know, just watching the video uh, here recently, it's, I, I felt for her and, you know, she was like ready to go and ready to deliver. You could tell it was a new shop, new stuff. She was ready to deliver for her customers. And sometimes that time to, to come in, it just takes a while. So, you know, using the power of social media to really exasperate the issue. I know uh, probably the most popular one out there is Mr. Beast and, you know, what he's been able to do with opening up pop-up shops and, you know, I think it was Mall of America and having 10,000 people, you know, miles long lines, but it shows it can be done for even, you know, local restaurants that are needing customers right and who doesn't love a good taco uh you know this in fact you know inspires me to reach out to some of the local taco shops i have maybe they need the power of a great message uh i don't know if they want to talk about it i do want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) i also think it's it's great uh to show that transparency and the admission of failure that we have talked about in this series of communication right because that was kind of like what she did there, right? Posting that short video showing the empty taco shop, like not, and not everybody will be open to do that or be willing to do that. Most of us, what we want to uh, broadcast is our success and how good we are at what we do and how well life is going for us. And we've talked about it also on Instagram and Instagram influencers and the photos and the reels and getting the right picture and all of that kind of stuff. And this one was just like, hey, it's not working. Can you help me? Sometimes that's all the message you need to to say. Uh, yeah, 100%. It's like the vulnerable, like, because in that moment, is somebody going to think, is this going to go viral? Or people are going to be like, well, it's empty for a reason. Like, you know, it's just like that innate 
type of deal. So amazing that it, it uh, shot off. So that was that's what was on my mind for the week. But uh, what are, what's on your... I have a follow-up question to that uh, for both of you. If you um, decide you're going to go out for a night, you know, nice meal, wherever, explore and try something new, right? That fear of the unknown. And you drive up, you pick somewhere on Google Maps or Apple Maps, and you say, okay, this is the decent reviews on there, but you pull up and the shop is empty. Do you go in or do you find somewhere else? I guess it would depend on the atmosphere and how it looks and what is around it. I'll be totally honest. I mean, if it's just like dark, looks a little scary to me, and there's like nobody there, and it's like there's no lit area around, and it's just the kind of by itself, I might be like, that's suspicious, that's weird um and carry on but if it i see like oh you know there's people standing waiting for you know okay cool i'll be there i mean i've gone i don't think it's any much different than going in when a restaurant opens and you're the first guest if you think of it that way done that fair point what about you diego yeah i guess if the reviews are good and like, i don't know, you know there are good pictures of the food uh somewhere maybe under instagram or on google maps I might give it a shot. Maybe it's a quiet day for whatever reason. But if it's just empty and I don't know, like the atmosphere, what Sek just said, if it's not good atmosphere, no, I'll just look for another place. Yeah, and I, I struggle with this one. And I guess it's who I'm with. I guess I'm pretty ambitious when it comes to food. And if it's kind of dark and it's kind of sketch looking, but, you know, the food could be the best food I've ever had in my life. Great. I'm going to go try it. Right. You know, it. it so you're a food risk taker is what you're saying. I, I would do it. But if I had my daughters with me, yeah, totally. We'll, we'll go find somewhere else. Um, so I think it's about context, like you said. But um, yeah, I, I want the hidden holes in the wall with the best food I've ever tried in my life, for sure. You mentioned um, Mall of America during your little segment there about the Mr. Beast or whoever he was. I will be honest, I don't know who he is, but... Um, not not the point I'm getting to, but, um, you know, in Mall of America, they had their huge Lego displays and things like that. I know that you're mentioning something that Lego is doing that they've never done before. Yeah, the great segue there, Zach. Uh, so I, I am a bit of a Lego fan. I always have been. I always enjoyed it as a kid, building them, uh, you know, putting the, following the directions, getting Just not stuff. stepping on them. Well, as an adult, <laughs> I, I've gone anti-Lego because I have stepped on too many of them. Um, you know, it just seems they're the the worst booby trap in the world. But anyway, um, Lego is offering its tallest set yet. It's an Eiffel Tower replica consisting of 10,001 pieces, and it's over five feet tall or nearly five feet tall. What? what would you guys ever have a five foot tall Lego statue in your house? No, I don't. Don't have a place for it. <laughs> I will no. I don't have patience for putting things together. I mean, I, I don't. I, I never was a Lego kid. Like I, assembly is not fun for me, um, and it's not fun for people around me. So, it's like when you think of it as an adult now. It's like IKEA is like the adult Legos. I mean, you go to IKEA mm -hmm. and you have to put in like. I don't know, a stool somehow has 70 pieces with two pages of instructions that skip from A to Z and back and forth. But yeah, no, I'm going to I'm going to pass on that. Um, I'm not a Lego -er. actually just reminded me of a story. And um, there was this dog house that some designer did and it was like do it yourself kind of thing. Go and cut it on laser and build it yourself. And in the middle of the pandemic, uh, my wife and I got it, like got the plans, got it uh, laser cut and started building it and all. And we 
did build it. It was huge. Like my dog is a pug, but it's still like the, she could fit in inside and had enough space to move around and stuff. It was a dog house, but we didn't have anywhere to put it. So I, I just thought about that. And then, and then like we just it lasted a week and then we just put it back in, into the into the box and never took it out again. I think it's stored somewhere there. But <laughs> nice project to to entertain us for a couple hours in the middle of <laughs> of lockdowns, but yeah, I'm not worth it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the um, the project of it all, right? And you get to see that accomplishment. I think that's what always drove me with Legos, Connects, all of that stuff. You build it and that instant gratification of, yeah, I built this, right? Um, and then, you know, Zach, I'm on the opposite end of the, of the spectrum. I enjoy putting uh, IKEA stuff together. I mean, it's super fun. Like, you, you don't need all the instructions because it's built to build itself uh, quick and easy, I think. Um, but, you know, it just makes sense. It's easy to do. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, but speaking of building stuff and returning from storage, do you guys know cassettes are back? Sales have doubled with cassettes. <laughs> like, I think this is only something you would just stumble across. I'm just going to put it out there because outside of like, I don't, I don't even know that I was going to say outside of, I don't know, but I know, no, I do not know that cassettes are back. I, I, I don't understand it, you know? And so when you see something like that, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta jump in and go, why? Uh, it's probably the first and foremost question. Uh, why would we ever do that again? Um, you know, I understand the, you know, the vinyl, um, you know, it's the audio file, so it's the best way to listen to anything. But in today's day and world, streaming is just there. It's easy. It's super convenient. And I don't I don't even have a Walkman anymore to put the cassette in, uh, you know, and I don't want to have to get out a pencil to wind it up or anything. Um, I don't know. But they're back, guys. I Sales are doubling. Let's get on this trend and okay. let's bring back the cassette. Sales are doubling. So five were sold last year, 10 are sold this year. It, you know, surprisingly, <laughs> in 20, I got the figures right here, 173,000 cassettes in 2020 and 343,000 in 2021. We're, I mean, growth like that is something that only Omni Interactions has seen. To all our listeners, Behind the Beard, season one coming in cassette. Uh, at some point, <laughs> and once we're once we're done with season two, you'll be able to get that one too. Sales will go to three hundred and forty-four thousand, maybe. Love it. I want to know is, do they even sell like recording devices for cassettes anymore? I mean, like, or you have to have the specialty made and have it laser cut, build yourself. I I don't understand it. Um, but it's here. It's back. Everything comes around. Now, speaking of things that come around, uh, did you guys, either one of you, um? Ever played Pogs as a child? I didn't know how to play them, but I had them. Okay. I've been had those in storage, and I, I'm ready for them to take off. Like, I was hoping they would take off during the pandemic and so I could finally get my money back, but that didn't happen. Do you think it will ever happen? I don't know how to play them, like I said, but I would go to, um, like, little pawn shops and stuff, and I was, I don't know, probably 10 or under, and they, I would just find cool ones and just buy them. I'm sure they're in a dumpster or something. This I don't have them still, but yeah, I'd just be like, oh, that's a cool design. Buying that one, I don't even know what I would do with them. Nobody <laughs> knew that, that that's a fair <laughs> one. If you knew how to play Pogs, please let us know. You are an elite. Btbnoiteam.com. Hashtag elite. But I mean, you talk about all these things coming back, and then 
you have all these amazing new things that are happening that are never could think would even be feasible. I mean, you would, I know we're talking about it a lot internally, but this chat GPT and AI writing your emails and giving you tips and tricks before you're, you know, stepping into a meeting or you're struggling to even motivate yourself and it can motivate you just all through the power of AI. Insane. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I've been a big fan, uh, even from the beginning. Uh, we talked about, you know, the the AI for art before on a previous episode of we're in, we're out. Um, I think it's cool, but I understand like the conundrums that come with art itself. Uh, I think, you know, the chat GPT and others like writer definitely they're allowing the it's more of an answer database you know you got google which is you know a search database where it pulls up the sites you still got to do that but you know really what this chat gpt is you're asking it a question and it's giving you an answer from an answer repository uh you know from simple things of what do we talk about this week on behind the beard and uh, great here's some here's some thought pathways that gets the the mind going i am 100% in uh, taking some of the, the light work, so to speak, of the repetitive tasks, the email creation, the su su summarization of blah, 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 right? Could we offload that work and we can stay focused on the creative problem solvings and how do we bl blend that into today's technology? I'm 100% in. Uh, what about you, Diego? I'm also in. I just did a post on Instagram a, a couple of days ago. I don't know if you've seen Lensa, which is this app that creates portraits based on your selfies uh, and it's super accurate and it makes you in different styles and stuff. So I posted mine and, and basically put out this message that technology is a tool. It's always been a tool, like even from for cavemen, they had their own technologies and their own tools. And we as humans have always used those tools to make more complex tasks easier. Uh, so all of these, like all these AIs, all of these chatbots, all of these different tools that we can use, we can uh, the human factor is still important because you, it needs an input, right? Uh, and we use that also to create some of the content that we use in our interactions, um, to create outlines for blog posts, uh, to help us review how we're writing with Grammarly, for example. We use that also in your inner emails and everywhere. So I think it just makes it easier for us to to work and to come up with better ideas, to to be better at what we do. So I'm all in too. I'm I'm all in for technology and AI. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just I, it's just the time to use something when you're stuck for me um, or just even out of boredom. Like you have a few minutes between something and you're just kind of throwing something out there. I'll be honest, I haven't used it in a sense of like writing something explicit for me to gain, gain some ideas. Yes, that's been great. Um, but yeah, interested to see how I can go. I'm definitely in just interested to see how I can utilize it to its max for me. I think it's different. It's going to be different for, for everybody on how you can really push yourself to use it to make it the most benefit. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I might go back into, you know, the digital learning world and, you know, we're using it for content itself and creation. I mean, you look into, okay, how do we get subtitles going from a, a video like this? Well, I'm not very good at transcription. There are people that are amazing out there that can do it really fast. But if we can get you know that accuracy level up, I mean, I know we've been working on that for years. Um, from a technology standpoint, I think like dragging text to speech, you know, 20 years ago, and it was like this is terrible. But now it's like, wow, this is pretty good. And now you can start writing it out, and then have AI actually read it for you. And now we're we're improving our voices. Uh, one one uh, AI that really 
caught my eye was Synthesia. Um, and it really, you can take your own face, input it in here, your own voice and input it in there and have the AI start to replicate you uh, on the video itself. I mean, that's scary. It's awesome. It's scary awesome. But I think if it helps us put this content together so we can learn quicker, we can find what's working as a as an organization, as a humankind, we can move this forward and keep our ideas flowing instead of getting stuck in this task world. I, I think it's all for the better. Uh, and we're going to get more creative. We're going to solve bigger and better problems here in the very near future. Well, th those are exciting topics. Uh, if you have any hot takes on those, please reach out to us at btb at oiteam.com. Uh, but I would like to jump into our, our conversation today. And it's, um, you know, we, we've gone through our communication series of just how to communicate from extreme ownership to how to talk to clients, customers, and, you know, now taking our first step last week into a leadership role, a frontline leadership role. And now once you're in that leadership role, how do you communicate upwards? And business language can be a little bit different uh, than speaking to a customer up here. Uh, and so what are some good guidelines and processes and pathways that um, we could really dive into this one and help out our future communication? Uh, and then I, I see here from that point, it actually reverberates back to everything else that we've been speaking about of how to improve what we're doing. Uh, you know, if I had to ask, you know, Zach, what would be your like starting point of, okay, now that I'm a frontline leader, what are those things that I'm going to have to think about now that I probably didn't have to think about before? We, I mean, on the path of a communication series, it's, I have higher accountability and I have higher responsibility than I did prior, right? Um, and how am I going to, one, control that, um, but two, how am I now going to be able to speak to more than just my own? And when I say that, it's I'm not no, I'm no longer, you know, representing myself and what I was doing before, whether I was on the phones, whether I was, you know, working, you know, front service or something along those lines. I'm now representing others and their work is representing, you know, us as a collective. So it's the the pieces of that. And I think it's taking the time to, I know time's not always allowed, right? Because sometimes you're putting on a front line and you just gotta execute. But I think it's just taking that time to practice and understand what's expected of your delivery in that role. Be prepared. Um, you know, as we're looking at these topics or whatever you're asked to be speaking about and you know a lot of times within the call center world we'll kind of relate that there it's talking about metrics or challenges that are you know out there or we have a new pathway from you know with our client that we need to go solve for their customers and how do we communicate that change how do we communicate what the new topic is or what is really going on out there and i think it, you hit the nail on the head it's we got to start by being prepared right it's no longer where I'm an expert of execution on the front line, I need to be prepared to speak to the broader context of the challenge itself and thinking about, okay, here's how it impacts not just one, but many, and here's how customers are going to react to it as well. And then here's our anticipated results from the change and what we're changing to, to kind of overcome that uh, challenge in front of us. But I think we really need to get to the point where you got to get to the point, 
right up front. Uh, I know from a challenging point is time for all of us in this day and age. We're moving so fast anymore. And I think one of the, the hardest parts of making that transition from a frontline leader to speaking up was well, beyond the nerves, right? We all get super scary, you know, it's just titles, but uh, and they're just human beings. But it's just that natural fear we talked about of, okay, well, what's our, our natural leadership technology or not technology, but um, pathway. And it's, you know, we see what our parents do, do it my way or else. And so we have that authoritative scareness behind us. So we just got to be up front and to the point, right? So get over the nerves and then just get it out there, get to the main point. Uh, a lot of presentations and communications will build up to the main point, but I feel that it's always best to just give for the reason for the, the meeting or the communication up front. And then it starts that conversation on this is what we're focused on instead of circling around it, circling around it. And now I landed to the point I was trying to get to. Yeah, I think as, as a frontline leader, what you become is kind of like a link that's connecting the two sides, right? And how efficient that that linking is, is the most important part. Because yeah, you need to deliver the message clear and on time. So most of the times that's going to require you to be prepared uh, and, and know how to talk to each of the sites that you need to talk to, right? It's just, it's easy to fall into the fluff when you're getting into a leadership role, even if it's, You've been there before and you're in a new organization and you've moved up again, or maybe it's the first time as a front leader, any of those circumstances, it's it's hard to slow down and say, wow, I am like, I call it word vomiting, right? Um, you get asked a question from somebody that's you know, at a higher level than you are. And, you know, like we said, we, we don't, we try to think of everything as like a flat work, right? But there are higher responsibilities even in a flat work. I mean, you have people that are um, in a higher power um, and they may need to get an answer from you to report to a client or report to somebody that they are working alongside of. And using that clear and concise language is crucial to not, like I said, word vomit, because you're not getting to the point. It's you're going around all these side stories and all these things. And a lot of times people are wanting a quick answer because they're having to report on something ASAP. Um, so I think that is one piece as you're going to into this position is knowing your language, having the ability to speak effectively and slow down at the same time, right? Just don't go around in circles like I do at times. <laughs> I think it's a natural human. I do it as well. Everyone does it. And, you know, that's why communication and the learning about communication never stops. But this is a, a good point of what you brought up there. And I think where you were circling around is why you need an executive voice, right? You know, the the whole, I am a leader, I am confident, I am understanding of what's happening there. It's what you say, how you say it, when you say it, and to whom you say it, and just ensuring that it has the proper context to the situation, right? Where it's not, um, as you said, the stories and the circles, we all want to dance around the hard message at time, but bad news doesn't get better with time as you know, our leadership here at Omni says. So let's just get it out there. And now let's work on the challenge ahead of us because of that bad news. But it's avoid the jargon. I say that in writing all, all the time, you know, as we're presenting something, you know, no contractions, no company jargon, no client jargon, you've got to spell out everything. Uh, because I think that a lot of things that are forgotten is from our frontline leaders and from any organization I've done it my, myself a lot is the, a leader within a company may not understand that, right? Because it's not their 
their wheelhouse of where they're working day in and day out, maybe serving 10, 20, 30 accounts and understanding these bigger projects going on there and your slice of the pie, which is your whole world, but how do you communicate that out, right? So it's be prepared with the questions, be specific, and honestly, just be transparent towards the, the bad news, right? You know, don't, don't beat around the bush, just deliver it. No one likes bad news, but we all like to solve challenges. So sugarcoating it doesn't help anything. It just je jeopardizes your credibility and integrity. I, you know, just consider this. If you're hitting roadblocks, they may be there to assist you in breaking these down. That's their role. That's their life. They want to help, right? And don't be scared to post that video of your empty taco shop. And I think another important piece here is how organized you are with the information you have and how you're communicating it, right? So sometimes that might mean you need to prepare uh, and you need to write things down and maybe even rehearse a couple times mm -hmm. before starting to talk to, especially to somebody on, on an executive position who will have a lot less time and will want to hear it straight out. So it's not like this episode where we're recording and, and we can then edit it and edit out whatever we said and we didn't want it to make it, but just you have to be prepared, be organized and know the structure in which you're going to communicate. And I'm kind of beating around to it with a lot of the things that we're saying here, but confidence is key. I think we've heard that phrase probably throughout our lives in many different scenarios outside of communication, outside of presenting. Power and confidence is I might be saying something totally off. Like I might be asked a question and I am way over here with my answer, but I'm confidently wrong. Uh, <laughs> like you're you're owning your answer to your problem, to your question, to your challenge. And it shows others that, hey, I'm owning this, right? Like in my communication, it, I, yep, I just messed up and I totally missed the point of that question, the point of that task, but I own it. I'll go back and I'll fix it. And I'm going to tell you how I'm going to fix it. But throughout this whole time, I'm still confident that I can resolve and I can recover. Um, and that's the biggest piece. Confident isn't always just being right. It's knowing that you are able to speak to your business. Um, and if you're a frontline leader, your business is people um, and your, you know, all those around you. So question to the two of you. You are two of the most confident people I know. Uh, what are some some what will be some advice on how to build that confidence? I, I don't want to say the whole phrase like fake it till you make it because I feel like that's some like it has some different context to it. I will say I be totally vulnerable. I have a, a lot of confidence issues, right? <laughs> like I'll be totally honest and vulnerable for a moment. Um, I do, um, but I, I've taught myself through time that you have to just go for it. And if you don't go for it, then, I mean, like your hat says, Diego, like just do it, right? If you don't have that mentality, then you're not going to be in a place where you're heard, where you're valued, and where you make a difference. And I think that's where I focus on is, how can I make the difference? How can I get the job done? And do I sound great while I'm doing it? And that's kind of what powers me to be confident is how, I don't want to say it's perception of others because I don't want to get down that route of, you know, always caring about what others see of you. But I want to have a, a conversation or have an interaction and somebody say that was, like, what Zach said was really good or, oh, that inspired me. Even if it's just one time in a week or one time in a, you know, situation that tells me like, OK, this makes sense. I love everything that you're saying, Zach. And, you know, I think one of the areas that you, you really hit on is your vulnerability. And if I, I really go back and watch kind of your growth and development is you have been open to feedback, 
right? And that's not always easy to be heard, right? You know, especially as you're trying to build that confidence in who you are, but it's okay to to hear that that messaging of, yeah, I wouldn't go down that road again, right? And you're like, okay, great. Duly noted, and I'm going to put that forward. I, I've gone down the wrong pathway. I can't tell you too many times. It's a, it's an iteration of ours here is fail fast, iterate fast. You know, that that's one of my favorite phrases out there because I need to fail to gain confidence. Um, it, it, but I don't even like the term failure. It's either I'm winning or I'm learning. I think it's the, the right mindset for me. Uh, and it took me years to come to that and a lot of great support networks, uh, you know, great people around me to say, you know what, it is okay to make mistakes. You don't have to be perfect every time. Uh, you know, I have a little bit of OCD with perfection. It, it doesn't need to be that way, right? We just Pareto's law, 80% of the way they're great. We're, we're on the way. We're being very, very impactful to it all. Uh, but I think the the key to it all is, like Zach said, and your hat says, just do it. You're you're never going to get over being scared. You're just not. Um, it, I get butterflies every time we come on to this this uh, recording. I'm like, oh gosh, what am I going to say? You know, Diego, that's been a, a huge growth factor for you, and I can successfully say. I mean, I know we only posted so many of these out there, but this is probably close to our hundredth episode that I've recorded. Um, you know, and I'm still like. I, you know, internally beforehand, you got to prep, got to go there. But I think the more I get prepared for this, the more I feel confident in this, that I'm okay to make mistakes along the way. Uh, and then getting back, circling way back here to your question is I learned a long time ago. I had a great leader, one of the first great leaders I've had along my lucky journey and pathway is your job is to own the problem, to come to me with your challenges and a plan to fix it. So with those plan to challenges, like what are the roadblocks you need me to fix? And right, and that gave me the confidence to go to my leadership team and say, here's the problem. Here's how I'm going to solve it. Here's what I need from you. Time, money, energy, just your title, your whatever the case is in the, the previous world, like just throw it here um, because I'm going to make it work. But I feel this is the best pathway. Have I always been right? No. And that's okay. But I had great support and great leaders along the way that allowed those mistakes to happen for us to grow to where we are today. And it doesn't hurt just from all of that. I know I've been talking a while is uh, to have a great client from a past life that asks you to host a live in-person event for thousands of people and to say, don't make a mistake, right? <laughs> or have fun, represent our brand for us. I, th that really was the, the pivotal moment. And when you see the TV cameras like on you, you're like, oh, well, it can't get any worse from here. So uh, that's kind of the pivotal moment in my life there. Now, what about you, Diego? How do you, how are you working on your confidence? Um, I, don't know, I think it's that same, same, the phrase from here, just do it. Uh, one of my favorite phrases is done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, and keep saying that all the time, right? Because yeah, we we learn for that perfection. We we at least the three of us, I know, we're perfectionists uh, at the end of the day. So we, we struggle with that. But sometimes just putting things out and just talking and admitting your vulnerability too. I think that's that's key. Uh, and try to be as as self conscious as you can. And try to look at yourself from i don't know if this makes sense but try to look at yourself from outside yourself and try to see like okay this is what i'm good at this is what i'm not and i think i've said this before in, in 
in this series, but just work on the things that you see as your I don't know, weaknesses are, is the best word for it, but kind of the things that you can work on and, and evolve. And I don't know, I, I think I'm way below in the confidence scale uh, <laughs> from YouTube, but that's what I do at least. I think that's probably perception though, because when you said that, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll sit, be honest, it took me back a second. I'm like, I don't think I've actually have heard somebody say that I'm confident. Um, so I, I would say in the same way that you're saying that, I, I probably have not ever put like a, you know, those little adjectives, like describe yourself, like confident. I don't think I've ever put that there, right? Um, but I know something I just want to um, throw out there as we're wrapping this kind of communication and episode up, but is you go back to our series prior where it's that 1% better daily. And this goes right into this, right? Like you're, whether you're becoming a frontline leader, you are a frontline leader, maybe you're even a higher leader than that, or you're aspiring to become, you're representing yourself. Don't let your mistakes own you, own your mistakes and be able to become 1% better on a day-to-day basis. And when you have those moments where you fail, and, and we don't even want to call it a fail, right? But you have those moments where something doesn't go right, um, just learn from them and, and move on. I know it's hard not to live in that moment and live in that rut, as we want to call it. Um, but that that would be my biggest kind of advice as we close this out is use those experiences that maybe don't go as an A plus um, to become an A plus in the future. I still have moments where I'll listen to an episode of this back and I'm like, oh gosh, I just cringed a little bit. Or I'll end, I'll end a meeting and I'll be like, oh, I really said that. Or I totally butchered that answer. And I, I, like Joe said, I, I learned from it. And that would be my biggest thing is communication is always going to be ongoing learning, as Joe said earlier. But uh, yeah, own your mistakes. Don't let your mistakes own you. Great stuff, Zach. Great stuff, Diego. Thank you too for this great conversation on you know, it just kind of wraps up our series of communication, even though speaking to executive leadership or whatever the case is or whatever your title is out on the world, it all comes down to the one thing. We're all just human beings and we all have got a lot to do on our plate. So let's work on our effective communication as it's more important than ever. As we're wrapping up today uh, in our communication series, I just want to say, you know, this quote, which kind of reminds me of everything that we've really talked about as far as what leadership is. And this is from Klaus Schwab. Uh, There are four ingredients in true leadership, brains, soul, heart, and good nerves. As always, hashtag keep learning and let us know what you're learning about too. Please like and subscribe to our channel for more great content. If you'd like to reach out to us, we would welcome you to email us at btb at oiteam.com. Join us next week as we begin a brand new series uh, about skill creation. With that, I am Joe Bear for my co-host, Zach and Diego. This is Behind the Beard. Hashtag Omniverse to the moon.